start Matthew chapter 8, and uh, we're going to learn some things about the voice of faith, and that God cooperates with the voice of faith. In Matthew chapter 8, verse 5, it says, When Jesus entered into Capernaum, there came to him a centurion beseeching him. Now this is uh, a Roman centurion. He was not a part actually of the covenant, but he heard that Jesus is a healer. I'm glad Jesus is still a healer. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus is still doing miracles. He is still a healer. He's still a life changer. Hallelujah. And the centurion came beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lies at home, sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. Now one thing about this centurion, he, he knew there's authority in words. He's here saying, Jesus, you don't have to come physically under my roof. You can stand right here and you can speak words. You can just say the word and my servant will be healed. Now listen, he explains, he explains the uh, words. He said, for I am a man, the other gospel, he says, I also am a man under authority. See, now he knew Jesus was under God's authority. And he was under Rome's authority, or under Caesar's authority. He said, I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. So there were those that were under him. And I say to this man, go, and he goeth. And to another man, come, and he cometh. And to my servant, do this, and he doeth it. When Jesus heard that, he marveled and said unto them that followed, Verily or truly I say unto you, I have not found such great faith, no, not in Israel. Now, where did he find faith? He found faith coming out of that man's mouth. See, and that's where he's going to find faith. He's going to find it. The Bible said when he saw their faith, He's going to find it in their actions or in their words. Because those are the two ways that faith is expressed. That faith in God is expressed. So we first see in this passage, we're talking about faith has a voice of victory. We're first seeing in this passage that uh, the centurion understands the power of words. Yes. Because he's telling Jesus, you don't have to come, just speak words. Just send your words to my servant, and I know that that disease is subject to you. He said he will be healed. He said that, in other words, that disease is under your authority. You control it. You have authority over that. And uh, then he explained about uh, words, how they work when you have authority. He said, I also am a man under authority. He said, Jesus, I understand you're under authority. You're under the authority of God. And, and you can say things and things will happen. You can say things and things will take place. 
He said, I have soldiers under me and I tell them do this and they do it. And I tell this servant, you come here and he comes here. He said, you know, I might not be as strong as them, but I have authority in my words. And they have to listen to my authority because I have another power in, in back of me. I have soldiers behind me. So he said, you have God behind you. Now he understood authority and he understood words. And uh, he understood the authority to speak words. And that's why Jesus, when he heard it, he said, I've not found such great faith. No, not in all of Israel. Praise God. So again, he found faith coming out of that man's mouth. Then I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 15. Hallelujah. See, that, that's one of the main faith locators. You know, it's where the limits are put on or the limits are taken off of God in your life. You know, there's a scripture in the Old Testament that they limited the Holy One of Israel. Well, let's read uh, Matthew chapter 15, verse 21. Then Jesus went thence and departed to the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan. So again, this was not an Israelite. She's a woman of Canaan. She came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Lord, have mercy upon me, O Lord, thou son of David. Now those are faith-talking words. Calling him Lord, calling him son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she cries after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent, but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered and said, It's not right to take the children's bread and to cast it to the dogs. And she said, That's true, Lord. Yet even the dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. I mean, she wasn't going to give up. Don't give up on the Lord. Amen. He's going to give you a breakthrough. Glory yeah, to God. Amen. Hallelujah. She came for her daughter to get delivered, and she's not going to let go, no matter what the Lord says. I mean, he, it almost sounds like he's trying to discourage her. But really what he wants her to do is hang on to her faith. You know, the Bible said in Hebrews 10, 23, hold fast to your confession of faith without wavering, for he is faithful who promised. Praise God. So hold fast to your confession of faith until faith turns to sight. Hallelujah. And Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it unto you, even as you will. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Hallelujah. That's good news. Amen. Praise God. Because she wouldn't give up. She wasn't going to stop. Nothing was going to discourage her. And where did he find faith? He found faith coming out of her mouth. Yes. Because every time he'd say something, she just kept on having a positive view that he's going to deliver her. Well, it's not right, you know, to cast the children's bread to the dogs. Yeah, Lord, that's true. But even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's tables. <laughs> Hallelujah. So she wasn't about to give up. So he found faith coming out of the centurion's mouth. He found faith coming out of her mouth. Now I'm going to go uh, back. I'm going to go to Mark chapter 5. We'll look at a situation in Mark chapter 5. 
And we're going to start with verse 22. And it says in Mark 5, 22, And behold, there come one from the ruler of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at Jesus' feet and besought him greatly, saying, My daughter lies at home at the point of death. I pray you, come and lay your hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. Now that guy was, uh, praise God, being specific with something he said. He said, my daughter's at the point of death. He said, come, lay your hands on her, she'll be healed, and she'll live. And Jesus went with him. Praise God, if we can say the right things, Jesus will come with us. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. And much people followed him and thronged him. And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood 12 years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had. They were expensive back then, too. And was nothing better, but rather grew worse. When she heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind and touched his garment, for she said, the other gospel, I believe, says she kept saying. She said and kept saying, if I may but touch his clothes, I shall be whole. And she did it, and straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around about in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said, You see the multitude thronging you, and you're saying, Who touched me? And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. She's, you know, in other words, I heard about you, Jesus. I heard Jerry healing. You know, and I heard that people are touching the hem of your garment and getting healed. So I just kept saying to myself, if I can touch the hem of his garment, I'm going to get it too. If they got it, I'm going to get it. Hallelujah. You see, the Bible said as many as touched him were made perfectly whole. They were touching the hem of his garment. She heard about this. And he said unto her, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be whole of your plague. Praise God. Your faith made you whole. Well, if her faith made her whole, your faith can make you whole. Amen? Because faith is for us today. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. And Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Then it goes on to talk about, you know, he spake, you know, somebody from the ruler of the synagogue's house came and said, oh, don't trouble the master any further. Your daughter's dead. Everything's hopeless. Don't, don't bother Jesus anymore. But you know, Jesus said, don't be afraid, just keep believing. Hallelujah. And he went, followed him all the way home, took the damsel by the hand, told her, arise. And straightway she arose, her spirit came back, praise God. And she arose and was delivered and healed. Amen. Glory to God. So thank God. Now, so each of these different times, we see what they expressed out of their mouth is what God responded to. See, he responds to what is expressed out of our mouth. Now, 
What's out of your mouth will come out of your heart. Now you can nurture your heart. You can fill your heart words of faith. Romans 10.8 says, uh, the word is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. Paul said that's the word or message about faith that we preach. Praise God. You can, get, you can speak words and it can get in your heart in abundance. You know, James, put it, James said this. He said, if any man among you seems to be religious, but does not bridle his heart, but, this, but bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this man's religion is in vain. So you can deceive your heart into believing the wrong things by talking the wrong things. Your heart, Jesus said in Mark 4, is like soil and words are like seeds. If you plant enough faith seeds in there, you're going to start to have faith rise up. You plant enough doubt seeds in there, you're going to have doubt rise up. Like that. That's why he said you could deceive your own heart by the things that you're saying. Because your heart will just receive, like soil, receive whatever seeds you put in it. And will start to work to produce that in your life. Because that's what it thinks you want to produce. See, originally man was supposed to just say what he wanted. You know, Jesus said in Mark 11, 23, Truly, truly, I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea. See, it's talking about a man saying, he said, whosoever. Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says will come to pass, he will have whatsoever he says. Praise God. So four times there he emphasized saying it. Saying it. Why? 2 Corinthians 4.13 said, We then, having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believe and therefore have I spoken. He said, We also believe and therefore speak. In other words, when we're created in the image and likeness of God, you know, pretty much everybody speaks what they believe. You know? And, you know, God said, let there be light. And there was light. God said, let the earth bring forth grass. And the earth brought forth grass. And God said this. And God said that. The Bible said, by the word of the Lord were the heavens made and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. He spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. So uh, he's operating in what Jesus called the God kind of faith. In other words, that's just the way God operates. Hebrews 11.3 says, through faith we understand that the worlds are brought into existence by the word of God. So that everything we can see was not made of that which we can see. It was made by words. Yeah. Before there was a seed, the original seed is the word of God. Luke 8, 11 says the seed is the word of God. Hallelujah. So that's what he used to create everything is words. He released words and everything is a manifestation of the word of God. Hallelujah. The worlds were framed by his words, the Bible says. Like that. Now he made man in his image and in his likeness. He really created man to operate the same way he does, only in a limited uh, capacity in comparison to God. But he did say, if you do not, he said, have the God kind of faith, if you do not doubt in your heart, but believe those things which you say will come to pass, you shall have whatsoever you say. And it's Jesus saying that. I think he knows more about us than we know about ourselves. I think he knows how he created us. I think he knows what's available to us, what can be accomplished. You know, Solomon, with the wisdom given to him in Proverbs 18, 20, and 21, he said, a man's life will be satisfied with the fruit of his lips. He said, for the power of life and death is in the tongue. It's in the tongue. The power of life, the power of death is in 
the tongue. And, uh, you know, so if God's given us this revelation in the Bible, then we want to uh, learn from it. Yes. Praise God. We want to realize, okay, this is a big part of my faith life, you know, is what I say. Because uh, words, thats he's looking for words coming out of her mouth as a part of our faith life. Let me read something from Romans chapter 10, verses 6 through 10. Listen to what it says here. Paul writes, but the righteousness which is of faith speaks in this way. So if faith has a voice, faith speaks this way. Say not in your heart, who shall ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who shall descend into the deep, that is to bring Christ up again from the dead. But what saith it? See, now he says faith doesn't say, if only Jesus were here. You know, if only I was here when he came down from heaven or raised from the dead. So faith doesn't need that because faith is the evidence of things not seen. Faith doesn't need to see, feel, taste, touch, or smell. Faith just needs the word of God. That's what faith needs because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Then verse uh, eight, he says, but what saith it? What does faith say? Listen to this. The word is near you. This is what faith says. The word is near you. Even in your mouth and in your heart. Paul said that's the message about faith we're preaching. Then he tells you how to get saved. That if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in all your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That seed will be planted in your heart and some miracle is about to take place. Praise God. Because of that, because of you agreeing with God's word in your heart and with your mouth. He says, uh, if you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Verse 10, for with the heart man believes God's word and it's accounted unto him as righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made, resulting in salvation. Hallelujah. So we can see that believing the word of God in the heart and saying it with the mouth has a lot to do with our salvation. As a matter of fact, Hebrews 3.1 calls Jesus the apostle and high priest of your confession. You know, it's like he said, if you're ashamed of me and my words, I'll be ashamed of you. But... Praise God. If you're not ashamed of me and my words, I will be ashamed of you. So we've got to believe his words. And then, uh, you know, Isaiah 59, 21, God says concerning this new covenant, he talks about the, the Redeemer coming to Zion. That's the church. The Bible said you've come to Mount Zion, to the church of the living God, the city of the living God, the church firstborn, church of the firstborn whose names are written in heaven. He said, this is the covenant I'll make with Zion. He said, my words which I'll put in your mouth and my spirit which I'll put upon you. He says, those words will not depart out of your mouth nor out of the mouth of your seed nor out of the mouth of your seed, seed saith the Lord from henceforth even forever. Praise God. So he said, this is the covenant I'm going to make with them. I'm going to anoint them to speak my words. Hallelujah. Just think about that. Isaiah 50. Nine, verse 19 through 21. Hallelujah. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. Amen. 
And then he talks about praise God. Uh, you, you see how important his words are in our mouth. Yeah. His words in our mouth. And uh, we can overcome the enemy. Praise God. Amen? Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. So it just works that way because God's word doesn't lose any power. And he's given the authority to speak his words. In uh, Ephesians 6, 17, he said, take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, in your battle against the enemy. Praise God. So take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. That's what he said. We're wrestling not against flesh and blood, but against evil principalities and powers. And Jesus drove the devil away by saying, it is written, quoting scripture. It is written. It is written. Then the Bible said, then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. So we see that the righteousness of faith speaks. And then we see what it says. What saith it? Well, it says the words near me, even in my mouth, in my heart. Paul said that's the message about faith we're preaching. In other words, this is one of the main ways of operating in it, in the kingdom of God. Praise God is to make sure our words are lined up with God's words. Jesus said it this way in John 15, 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, speak what ye will, and it shall be done unto thee. You abide in me and my words abide in you, then you speak what ye will. Because your will and God's will will be in harmony with one another. Remember, the word is near you in your mouth. Then you sow it in your heart. And you're really saying, that's what I want to come to pass. Praise God. Then he says, hold fast your confession of faith. It's like getting on a, on a map. It's like, you know, setting the GPS and you got a certain destination you're going to. And, uh, you know, you start following it. You start the car up. You start following it. Turn this way. Turn that way. Like that. Well, you don't stop when you're a third way there and say, well, we're not there, so I'm just going to go back. What's the use? Might as well quit. No, you're only a third of the way there. Keep on and you'll reach your destination. Amen? Well, it's the same thing with speaking the word. Praise God. It may not look like you're, I mean, the scenery might not even be right when you're a third of the way there in your faith journey to wherever you're going to. You know? But you can't stop saying, well, this don't look right. This ain't the city that I thought it was. Well, you're only a third of the way there. You can't see the city yet. It didn't turn to sight yet. But the GPS is taking you there. See, now if you hold fast your confession of faith, it's taking you there. You're not there yet. And the devil, all the way along that whole road, will be saying, no, you might as well give it up. You might as well quit. Nothing's happening. Don't look like there's any changes. Doesn't look like this is taking place. Don't, don't look like anything's being helped. And, and, so, and he tries to get us to quit and give up. But if you realize you've got a promise from God, well, then that's your destination. Praise God. The Bible said all of his promises are yes and amen. If you're in Christ. All the, he doesn't say no to any of them. You know. He says yes to all of them. If you're in Christ. Because the Bible said to Christ. And Abraham and his seed were all the promises made. And it says to thy seed who is Christ. But then it goes on to say. If you belong to Christ. You're Abraham's seed. Heirs of the promises. So praise God. Those promises are yours. So what you do is. You start. You accept the promise. And you start praising God. Glory to God that that promise is yours. And you realize you're following the GPS. It's taking you right to the... The Bible said he's faithful who promised. Hold fast your confession of faith for he's faithful who promised. So you're, you're just going by that, just going by that, just going by that. You're getting closer, you're getting closer. 
You're getting closer. You're getting closer. You know, did you play that little game when you're kids? You blindfold somebody and then they gotta find something in the room. Well, you're getting closer. You're getting closer. You're getting closer. Oh, you're getting colder. You're getting colder. You're going the other wrong way. You're getting, it's getting colder. It's getting warmer. Getting warmer. Getting hot. You're almost here. You know, you got it. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. So let's realize his promises are there for us. The Bible said in 2 Peter 1, 4, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you can partake of his divine nature and escape the corruption that's in the world through lust. So through the fall of man, the corruption, all the different things that came in through the fall of man. So he's given us promises to escape. So he must want those promises to be fulfilled in our lives. Yes. Or he wants to give them to us. And promises are personal commitments to do something about something. Our personal commitments from God. The Bible said, if he spoke it, he'll do it. If he promised it, he'll make it good. Praise God. But then we have to hold fast our confession of faith without wavering because that's following the GPS and that's taking us to our destination. But you know, when you follow that GPS, at some point, faith turns the sight. Hallelujah. At some point, you reach your destination. Hallelujah. And you know, the devil may try to talk you out of it. You might be right around the corner. You're, you, you've traveled 785 miles, and you're a quarter mile away, and the devil says, give up. You might as well quit now. You know? And that might even be when he puts the pressure on the most, when you're the closest. So sometimes you can be the closest, and it looks like all hell's breaking loose. You know, I thought I'm believing God, now it's getting worse and worse, and now, you know, I've been believing God for a long time, now it's getting even worse. Yeah, but that might be a good sign. <laughs> that might not be a bad sign. The devil's getting nervous. He's got to really try to convince you that it's not working, so you give up your faith walk, turn your GPS off, and turn around and go back. Okay. You know, but we don't want to do that. We just want to just keep on going. Amen. Hallelujah. Remember, the word is in thy mouth. Remember where he found faith? In yes, their mouth. Amen. He found it coming out of their mouth. He wants to find his word coming out of our mouth. Hallelujah. He said, be imitators of God as dear children. Say what your daddy says. Say what the covenant says. Praise God. But Hebrews 11, 6 says, but without faith, it's impossible to please him. Second Chronicles 16, 9 says, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in behalf of those whose hearts are perfect towards him. Praise God. So he wants to show himself strong. He wants his word in, in our hearts. Uh, and he's listening to what we're saying because he, he can't confirm things that are contrary to his word because he's a God of truth and his word is the truth. So he can't, he can't just confirm. He's, he told Israel, as surely as you've spoken in my ears, that's what I'll do. Another place he said, I create the fruit of the lips. So he can take our words. You know, again, Solomon said, a man's belly will be increased by the fruit of his lips. In other words, his life will be full of what his words are saying. Because those are the seeds you're planting and that's what kind of harvest is coming. Like that. And then he said the power of life and death, for the power of life and death is in the tongue. So God takes the seeds of words. If his word is seed, he said the seed is the word of God. Jesus said the sower sows the word. What was he doing? Sowing words. See, the seed is the word of God. 
And uh, God makes things out of seeds. That's why he said, my word shall not depart out of your mouth. These seeds, they're to be sown, these good seeds. Uh, praise God. Just keep sowing good seeds. Let me read James chapter 3 and verse 10. He said, uh, well, first of all, in James chapter 3, he's talking about the tongue being like a rudder on a ship. Whatever way you turn it, that's the way the ship's going to go. Just think about that. He said, you take that little rudder, James is talking about, you take that little rudder, and though fierce winds are coming against that ship, you turn that rudder a little bit, and that whole ship starts to turn. He said, just amazing, that little rudder. He said, your tongue is just like that. Then he said, that tongue, your tongue is like a bit in a horse's mouth. You know, God made a special place in a horse's mouth to put a bit in so he could use them to ride on if you want to, you know. He didn't put a place for a, horse, for a bit in, in a cow or in a hyena or, you know, he put it in a horse like that, specifically like that. Because they ride horses in heaven, well, you know, he made horses down here on the earth to be like the ones in heaven. And, uh, they must have a place for a bit in the mouth there, and he made them the same way here. Praise God. But uh, James talked about your, like a bit in the horse's mouth, you can change the direction of that whole horse by putting a little pressure on the mouth. Well, it's the same thing with the tongue, he says. Even so, the tongue. Then he talks about how a little tongue can set a big forest on fire. It's a little blaze, but it can set a big forest on fire. And then he talks about all kinds of beasts have been tamed by mankind, but they haven't been able to tame their tongue. Tame their tongue is always talking uh, negative things, typically. Then he says in verse 9, Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith we curse men, who are made after the similitude of God. So people say evil things, tune about men with their tongue, and then they turn around and bless God. He said, out of the same mouth proceeds, what? Blessings and curses. So that's really what's coming out. There are either blessings or cursings coming out of our mouth. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. There's a fountain sent forth at the same place both sweet water and bitter. Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries or vine figs? So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. You know, it's like a little bit of poison in the water, and the whole water, I mean, it could be just a few drops of poison and then the whole water's messed up. See, so we don't want to, we want to do like David. He said, put a watch over my mouth. You know, help me keep the door of my lips <laughs> from saying things that are contrary to God. Out of the same mouth can come forth faith and unbelief, love and hate, joy and depression out of the same mouth. But a lot of times the mouth expresses what's in the heart. See, but that can be changed. Remember, you got saved somehow by, by words. Now, it wasn't just your words that saved you, it was the Lord responded to your words. Either called on the name of the Lord, as many as call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Or if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart, God's raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. 
But somehow, he's watching over words to perform it. And uh, you get saved by words coming out of your mouth. Praise God. And then repentance is that way. You repent with words. God, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I did wrong in your sight. I ask you to cleanse me with the blood of Jesus. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. If we confess. See, that's with your mouth. You're, you're acknowledging something. I messed up, Lord. I'm sorry. I ask you to forgive me and cleanse me. Well, the Bible said that then he cleanses you of all unrighteousness. Praise God. That's because, again, Hebrews uh, 3.1, he's the apostle and high priest of our confession. He takes our confession. That's what he uses. If we're talking contrary to him, he's, he kind of can't do anything because we're a free moral agent. We can say anything we want to say. And we're hindering him. They hindered the Holy One of Israel. See, but if we say the right things, praise God, and are persistent and hold fast our confession, then he can also work with those words. Because he sees, like, just like he worked with Jairus' words and the woman with the issue of blood and, and the Canaanite woman whose daughter had a devil and, and uh, praise God, the centurion, he worked with their words. You know, if you work with their words, he'll work with your words. So that's a part of it. That's a part of it. That, that, we're working together with God. You know, when God told Israel to go in and spy out the land, God said, go and see the land I have given to you. He said he gave it to them. But they sent in 12 spies, and, and 10 spies came back with an evil report, the Bible said. They said, we're not able to go get in that land. They said, there's giants in that land. We look like grasshoppers in their sight. They were so big, you know. They said some of those giants, Og had a bed that was 18 feet long, so I mean, the guy was taller than the ceiling. I guess the Israelites did feel a little small there, you know. But you know, Joshua and Caleb, the Bible said they had a different spirit in them. They said, let us go up at once and possess the land. Their defense has left them and God's with us and let us go. Those giants will be bread for us. <laughs> We're just going to gobble those giants right up. Because God's with us. God gave us this land. But they, the ten spies turned the majority of Israel against Joshua and Caleb. And they couldn't go in and possess the land. But guess who? After all that whole generation died off, God sustained Joshua and Caleb. And they were the only two out of that generation that went in and possessed the land. Hallelujah. Praise God. Why? Because they said they could. Because God said they could. Amen. God says you can, you can. Whether you feel like it or not, you can. Praise God. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Praise God. You can. Say, I can. I can. And then, uh, of course, we know David. You know you know that giant came down in the valley, Goliath. He challenged Israel and challenged any champion of Israel and said, come down here and if he beats me, Philistines will be your servants. I beat him. Your Israelites will be the Philistine servants. And the Bible said he did it. 39 days, he'd come down in the valley and challenge him. Everybody in Israel was nervous and nobody wanted to go down and face him. One day David was bringing bread to his brothers up in the army. His dad sent him, bring some food to your brothers in the army. And, and the, this time the Bible said that David heard the giant. 
heard what he said. They would start talking Bible talk, word talk. He said, who is that uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? David told Saul, he said, you know, a bear came out to steal my sheep, I slew the bear. A lion came out to get one of my lambs, I killed the lion. He said this, he told King Saul, he said that uncircumcised Philistine will go down the same way as a bear in the land. I mean, he's talking such bold faith, even the king believed in him. King tried putting his arm around him. David said, I can't this stuff. You know, Saul was about seven foot tall. David's a little teenager. And I can't wear this stuff out in battle. I can barely even walk with it on. He said, all I need is my slingshot and a couple little stones. And so he went out, and then the, then the giant starts, you know, am I a dog that you come at me with sticks and stones? Because he had a hold of that stick, and he's got those stones, you know. Glass, you know, glass, and I'm going to take your head from you. And now David knew that God said to Abraham, I'll bless them that bless you and curse them that curse you. Glass just got done cursing them. And David said, now I'm going to take your head off of you. <laughs> and what did David do? He did. <laughs> he took that rock, God intercepted it midair, knocked him right and knocked that giant right in the head with it. Down he went, David went and chopped his head off. All the Philistines took off. <laughs> Hallelujah. See, a lot of it had to do with what David said. Now, if David said, Oh, I just know I'm gonna die today. I know this is the end of the road for me. You know. But he didn't, because he 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 wanted the king's pretty daughter for his wife and for his family to be tax-free for the rest of their lives. That's what he heard, what the king would do like that. So he's, man, I'm going to get it. I got a promise from God. He'd bless them that bless me and curse them that curse me. And this guy's cursing our whole army and our people and cursing me and cursing the living God. He's just like Joshua and Caleb. Well, then these giants of bread for me. This giants of bread. I'm going to just gobble them up. So faith really does have everything to do with what we say. Yes. We know that the Holy Spirit uses words. The Bible said God sent his word to heal them. Then it says he sends forth his spirit and they are created. Hallelujah. That's the, that's the power of the Holy Ghost. He uses words. That's why you'll notice Jesus caught the winds and the waves of words. Do you notice he cleansed lepers with words? Do you notice he raised the dead with words? Do you notice he healed the sick? The Bible said he cast out the evil spirits with his word and healed all that were sick. He did it all with words. I mean, he's operating He's operating in this thing. Praise God. Speaking things and things are happening. And he's trying to get those disciples to learn too. Whosoever shall say to this mountain. Even demonstrated by speaking to a fig tree and it withered up from the roots. Do you remember he's passing by? He's going, he sees a fig tree afar off in Mark chapter 11. And he goes to see if there's some figs on it. There wasn't any. The Bible said he spoke to that tree. The Bible said his disciples heard it. He spoke to the tree and said, no man will eat fruit of you hereafter forever. He turned around and walked away. They went into the city. They did what they needed to do. They came back out. Instead of passing that tree, it was withered up from the roots. Peter said, Master, behold the fig tree which you cursed. It's withered away. That's where Jesus said, have the God kind of faith for whosoever shall say to this mountain, 
Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. So Jesus just illustrated. In other words, words put that tree there originally, and words can remove that tree. That's why you don't want to kick your car and say you don't get a hunk of junk. You're always breaking down on me. That never works out. Just when the insurance runs out, that's when something's going to happen. And you don't want to talk like that. You want to talk good talk. Amen? Because before the fall of man, I mean, everything was meant to be positive. It's only because of the fall of man so much became negative. You know, people just talk what they see. Oh, it's getting worse and worse. And, you know. I don't think we're going to win. You know, all hell's breaking loose. Like that one woman said, got the devil on the run. Bless his holy name. <laughs> it's been after me. Yeah, I got one to run. The problem is he's after me. You know, no, that's not the way. It says, it says you resist the devil, he'll flee from you. He'll run from you. You're supposed to be saying what God says. Amen? Praise God. You're the one in authority. God gave you authority. So the Bible said, take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. He told you to take that sword. Well, the Bible said God, the Lord rules the nations with a sharp sword coming out of his mouth. Praise God. Then he tells the body of Christ, his body, you take the sword. You use the sword. Hallelujah. You know, Jesus said, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? It all depends on what we're saying. Remember, he found faith in the centurion's mouth. He found faith in the woman with the issue of blood in her mouth. He found faith in the Canaanite woman's mouth. He says, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Is everybody going to be talking down and unbelief? And everybody moved by what they see rather than by what they believe? And, and so on and so forth. Now James 1.6, he said, If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. You know, Abraham, in Romans chapter 4, the Bible reveals that this whole operation is by faith, and it's by the unmerited power and working of God, but it's by faith you tap in. And he said, Abraham, believe God, who calls things that are not as though they were. So he believed that God could call into existence things that were not as though they were and they come into being. And that, then he's, and that God raises the dead. That's why he believed even if he slew his son, God would raise him from the dead because God promised that through that son all nations on the earth would be blessed. And God just needed a covenant-keeping man. And now God could offer up his son legally in the earth and, and for the sins of the people. So he needed that kind of uh, faith. But the Bible said Abraham believed God was able to raise him up in Hebrews 11, even from the dead. Praise God. So, so he, he voiced that. And the, then the Bible said, who against hope, in other words, there's no natural hope left. Who against hope, he believed in the hope that God's word gave him, God's promise gave him. It says that he might become the father of many nations according to what was spoken. So God said, I've made you a father of many nations. Him and his wife hadn't had kids for a hundred years, you know, but God said, I, I've made you. So the Bible said he believed God. And the Bible said he was fully persuaded that what God promised 
God was able to overcome every difficulty and perform. And the Bible said he was not weak in faith, but he was strong in faith, giving glory to God, being fully persuaded what God promised God had performed. Hallelujah. So then that's, that's, again, how to be strong in faith is to praise God according to his promise and realize you're on a journey to the manifestation of that promise. You're following like a GPS. It's going to get you there. If you keep holding fast your confession of faith, it's going to get you there. It might take a while. You know, sometimes the journey takes a while. Like that. But if you know you're heading towards the destination to where faith turns to sight, eventually faith turns to sight. You know, we have faith in heaven. Eventually we're going to see heaven. You know, it's not just nothing out there. You know, I mean, we're really going to see heaven. The Bible said we'll see face to face and know even as we're known. But Abraham kept on giving glory to God, being fully persuaded. So he was strong in faith. He kept on giving glory to God that God's promise was true. Praise God. And no matter how it looked, I mean, time went by. Now for Abraham, from the time he started there, it was about 25 years before they finally got that miracle child. And he learned some faith lessons, but he, he kept on giving glory to God, being fully persuaded that God would perform it. Hallelujah. So God looks for faith, faith in him. And, uh, you know, like with Joshua and Caleb, they had a shout before the walls came down. You know, they had a shout. And he told them all, don't say nothing for six days. Because you know what happened? All those Israelites would be marching around. I don't understand this. We should get battering rams. How's this going to work? This ain't going to happen. God said, tell them all to shut up for six days. Nobody say nothing. And he said, on that seventh day, blow those trumpets and everybody shout, the walls are going to come down. Guess what happened? They did what he said. They shouted. And by the power of God, the walls came down. See, that's what it is. It's the power of God. It's not, it's not the reasoning of man, the logic of man, the wisdom of man, the counsel of man. It's the power of God. Hallelujah. And that's what we Christians have available to us to operate in our lives. We have the power of God. There are certain things available to us in this covenant. We've got to learn about them. We've got to take advantage of them. Praise God. Because it will all come to pass. Hallelujah. The Bible in Ezekiel 12, 25, the Lord says, I am the Lord, and I will speak, and the words that I speak shall come to pass, saith the Lord. Praise God. Well, we should actually copy him and say, I am the Lord's child, and I will speak. And the words that I speak, they shall come pass. Praise God. So start speaking over your life circumstances and situations and, and uh, praise God and finding promises of God and, and, and just speaking in agreement with those and, and realize you, you don't have to see it to know it's working. It's working. You're on your journey to the final manifestation but it's coming. Praise God. Faith will turn to sight. Amen? Praise God. Then you don't need faith for it once it turns to sight because you already got it. Then you can work on something else. Praise God. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your holy written word. We thank you for the truth that's in it. We thank you for your blessing that's on it. And I thank you that your people, Lord, are uh, going to focus more on 
I'm just holding fast to the confession of faith and, and believe in God and, and uh, thanking you that it's working because it is working. And we give you the praise and the glory and the honor in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.